scripture has been read in your hearing. Now let me set the stage for our story today. Mm -hmm. All right. So the meeting had been scheduled and posted. Anticipation was running high. The day had finally arrived. The time was drawing nigh as the prayer service would soon begin. The atmosphere in the house of worship was already set. Most people harried and scary to get the best seat, although the temple was mostly standing room only. Because now most of us know in here, the earlier you can get there, the better options and choices you receive. Amen. Everyone in the vicinity was invited, but not everyone would come in. Off in the squinting distance was the appearance of a man being carried and dropped off and positioned for a day filled with monetary gain. All right. yeah. Now, although Peter and John intertwined and intermingled with the crowd, with mere moments to spare, they caught the attention of a man crippled and lame from birth. All yeah. right. These men might be able to add to my mission richly, he thought as he called out to them to take notice of him. Hey, over here, you two, can you spare some chains? Do you have any money? Now, I can imagine Peter and John looking toward and intently at each other, and then at the man. And as if right on cue, Peter then remarked, I ain't got it. <laughs> Giving us our title for today, I ain't got it. Amen. Now, off the bat, let me just say, this is a two and a quarter message. I have 2.25 points to share today. Or in other words, I have a deuce and a quarter message. All right. See, this deuce and a quarter is not to be confused with the Buick Electra 225 with the same name known for being a record 225 inches long introduced in 1959. Now, although I have a captive audience this morning, I promise I won't keep y'all accordingly for two hours and 25 minutes. It is likely that this message would be somewhere around 22 and a half minutes, but do me a favor and don't time me. I don't know if 2.25 or a deuce and a quarter message has ever been done in the history of preaching, but this is where we find ourselves this morning. Now, Didi, this may be a first. So matter of fact, somebody might want to get the Guinness people on the line because for a preacher, two and a quarter might be a world record. And I shouldn't have to do this, but I know the crowd that I'm with today, and I shouldn't have to say this, but let me clarify that we are talking about the Guinness world record people. Yeah. We're talking about records being broken, not the family name or the beverage for any of you who seem to think you are 1% Irish. Ouch. And since I needed to explain that, we might need an intervention or some good old-fashioned counseling up in here. For those of you who were ready to call the Guinness Brewery, and for those of you who have them on speed dial, put the phones down. This is not that kind of message. I guess I better move on. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine at the beginning of October, uh, somewhere between the six trips I had scheduled to go out of town. And I shared with her that my next preaching assignment was going to be today. 
I told her that because of my travels and the other things I had on my mind, I had no clue what I would be preaching, although the date was over a month away. Without missing a beat, she gave me two titles based on that particular conversation because she says she likes to keep it real. Okay. The first one that she gave me was, I don't have it. And the second one was, I ain't got it. Now, I immediately gravitated towards the latter, I ain't got it, which I ebonically reduced to, I ain't got it. So somebody ought to tell their neighbor, I ain't got it. Ain't got and the story that came to mind in the midst of that conversation finds its setting at the beautiful gate, the beautiful gate of the temple in Jerusalem. And what I found is that this story shares some important details with us on how we can be better givers of Christ wherever we find ourselves in wow. life. Especially when we don't have what others are asking for. Because what I have learned is that even if your pockets are empty, even if you're only toting around a loose button and some lint, as a Christian, you always have something you can give. Let me, let me try to illustrate this point. On one of my flights, and I can't tell you which one it was at the moment, but the lady sitting next to me struck up a random conversation. We talked throughout the flight and were so comfortable in conversation that not only did she and her husband share their snacks with me, I'm grateful, <laughs> but that she eventually asked me if I was a follower of Christ. Jesus. And when I said, oh yes, I am, she lit up. I could literally see the joy in her face as she said, I knew it because I could feel it. And so you know what that did for me? It made me a witness to what I'm sharing with you today, that wherever you find yourselves in life, yeah. there is always an opportunity to give Christ. That's right. 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 Now day to day, we have a number of people pulling on us, asking for stuff and wanting pieces of our puzzle, but none of them come to us asking for the one thing we can freely and readily give, the Lord Jesus Christ. To get that kind of result, we usually have to put on our evangelism hat, go out into the streets and seek them out. Case in point, when was the last time you pulled up at a light and the homeless individual asked you about Christ? Didn't want no money, didn't want no food, wasn't thirsty, they only wanted Jesus Christ. Or when was the last time you looked at one of their signs and it said, would do anything for Jesus? Has anybody seen a sign like that? Now I promise that this wouldn't be a long message, so here we go. Whether it is in your travels, in your gatherings or in your normal routines, the first important detail to be better givers of Christ wherever we find ourselves in life is to focus on the mission, which is essentially the Great Commission. Point number one is focus on the mission. Now, one of the important things that I picked up in the story is this, that Peter and John didn't have a lick of money, but they had power. Yes. Now, isn't it funny that today we have an abundance of money but lack any resemblance of Jesus. Holy Ghost power? Jesus. See, when I read the scriptures, they become vivid to me. They paint a picture because I can see Peter turning to John at the beggar's initial request and saying, I ain't got it. You got it? And John turned to Peter and said, I ain't got it either. Jesus. And doesn't that sound familiar? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that many people have become intimate and deeply familiar with this same type of conversation, especially when it comes to number one, leaving a tip 
better things to do with my money. Wow. And number three, taking notice of the poor family in your community. I ain't got it. I got to take care of my own household. Oh, See, somehow, church, we have lost focus on the mission better known as the Great Commission yeah. when we forget that people are more important than things. Yeah. Because yeah. all it really boils down to, if you really want to be technical, all we are talking about is some jingling pocket change and a piece of colorful printed paper, all which right. is a all tool right. to help others rather than a weapon to wield the power over them. Okay. It's a little yeah. thing that can provide uh, many benefits when used correctly. But let the stubborn among you continue to say, I ain't got it. Now, I find that when we want to justify not doing the best thing for others, any excuse will do. Never mind that we may waste money day by day instead of using it to better someone else's life. Can I give you some advice? I'm going to give it to you anyway. But rest assured, it is not my advice and thoughts because I can be rickety raw with my stuff. I give advice as a straight drink with no chaser. In other words, I can cut you up one side and ask Jesus to heal you down the other. But I'm going to give you biblical advice because believe me, it's better than anything I can say on my own. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help somebody. So I'm going to give it to you straight from the Bible. In Paul's dissertation on continually doing good to others, he says these words in Galatians 6. And I like what he said in the NLT version uh, because Paul gives it to you just like it is. Now truth be told, I didn't look up any other versions. I like this version. Paul says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Wow. If you think you are too important to help someone you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Now, don't get mad at me. Paul said it. From what I can tell, Paul was no nonsense. He was a straight drink, no chaser preacher as well. Seems like Paul did a little cutting himself if you read the Bible. But getting back to our story, I can imagine Peter and John coming to the same conclusion at the same time as if a light bulb went off Simply because of this, they looked past this man's temporary situation and gazed into his greater need. They used their experiential knowledge gained while with Christ to change the trajectory of this crippled man's life. See, in the book of Luke uh, chapter 11, we are even encouraged to rise to the occasion and give even in times of inconvenience. Our scripture reference tells us that Peter and John had something to do and they had somewhere to be. They were on a mission to get in the face of God through prayer. But how many of you know that you can't be in such a hurry to get in the face of God and not slow down and notice the needs of his people? Somebody say slow down. Verse number one says Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. But as God would orchestrate it, they were met with a normal beggar's request. Hmm. Can you see the Holy Spirit reminding them in that moment that Jesus has called us to love others just as he loves us? In other words, he, the Holy Spirit, may have asked Peter and John the question, what would, in this case, Jesus do? Yeah. To be quite honest, we might not be there in our 
own walk with the Lord yet. But as God works in and through us, we will come to know and love others well. Now, I get it because people are not my strong suit, okay? And loving them is not my superpower. But it's still our agendas should never be placed above God's will and the needs of the people. And with that reminder, I am sure Peter and John felt it necessary to turn this crippled lame man to this crippled lame man and put his little red begging wagon out of commission. As I see it, they were putting into practice something very profound. They learned through their time with Jesus that you manage things and time, but that you lead people to better results. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Peter and John had more than knowledge of God. They had experience with God. They yes. remembered the mission to go, therefore, and make disciples. Yes. All right, all right. In other words, everywhere you go, give a little more Jesus. Amen. For this exemplifies the mission of the Great Commission. Now, this leads me to my second important detail, to be better givers of Christ wherever we find ourselves in life. And that is to seize every opportunity. Mm. Now, if you have lived any length of time, you know that each day may not go exactly as planned. Yeah. It doesn't follow your schedule, right. and it doesn't consider your timing, yeah. but and yet opportunities are everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes they come out of nowhere, Sometimes they show up through challenges, and sometimes they are coordinated gifts from the Lord where suddenly you find yourself with a captive audience, with holy promptness, and with a dialogue bubbling up on the inside. It could be a kind word or a nod of acknowledgement or a full-blown conversation pointing to the goodness of God. It could be as quick and simple as a compliment or as lengthy and complex as your testimony. Even your smile is an opportunity for kindness in a world not kind at all. See, See, last week you might not have been able to smile, but this week with the help of Jesus, us, they might get all 32. I don't know about you, but I'm just crazy enough to believe that God adds to our witness the more we walk with him. See, no no day is a run-of-the-mill, typical day when God has something to do and when God has something to say. The Bible says that Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd, giving them a high-level view of the glory they had witnessed. He said, This man, the one called Jesus of Nazareth, the one that you sought to kill, gave this man, the beggar, back his life. Peter's message was brazen and it was bold, but nevertheless, it was a story that needed to be told. I love how in this story that God operates out of turn. Hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? Normally, we pray and we wait and God answers but have you ever got the answer before the prayer? All right, all right. On the way to prayer, or when you got down to pray. Wow. <laughs> the beggar had not prayed according to the scriptures, wow. and Peter and John were on their way to pray, and okay. God came out of the gate. Okay. He met them before they could get there. Now, it is my opinion that something happened prior to that meet, that prayer meeting, and it transformed that space into a praise party that offers salvation along with discipleship on the side. Okay. Verses 7 and 8 say, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly 
completely healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. So let me ask you this. When was the last time you gave someone a hand? When was the last time your hand extended grace even when they did not deserve it? When did you last help someone up and onto their feet? And when was the last time someone leaped for joy, danced, and praised God because of you? Most of us tend to live in an alternative dimension or what I like to call a parallel universe where we are mostly defined by missed opportunities, by missed chances, and by missing the value of people. And to be truthful, a lot of this has been by choice. It's been intentional, and I don't believe God is happy with the way we treat others who need our help. We can be so self-absorbed, and we use God as a scapegoat. God told me to do this, and God told me to do that, and the Lord said for me to do this. But let me tell you what the Lord said through his word. The Bible says that the poor will always be among us, and it gave us the prescription on how to help them, and most times we don't bother to lift a finger much less extend a hand so let's be clear that your excuses the excuses that you offer your should have and your would have and your could have can't help them as much as your helping hand at some point we have to cease to be the type of people who are out to get as much as we can but are the very ones that are increasingly hesitant to give anything away in other words we can be stingy as a people, but I heard recently that real compassion requires the appropriate action. Amen. Right. People need our help, so seize every opportunity. At the end of the day, what I think people are asking from us, you know, those who represent Christ, the Christians in the room, is simply this. Can I get my strength from the God in you? Jesus. All right. This is what happens when y'all make me play the keyboard over. Amen. And the last thing, my deuce and a quarter, is to give credit where credit is due. If you want to be better givers of Christ, give him the credit for the trajectory of your life. Because here's what I learned. Where we are the ones who witness and testify, he, Jesus, saves and sanctifies. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever gotten a little tip that turned out to be a big thing? Mm. Well, here's my quarter's worth. Many people today are in need of a gift that is beyond our power to give because we, as human beings, are limited. We can't change someone's heart. We can't fill the hole in their life. And we certainly can't give them what we don't have. But I know a man who is limitless, so much so that the Bible says with man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And that is why all the glory belongs to Jesus. Be careful to give the gift to mankind, but the credit to Jesus. Give credit where credit is due. Don't get the big head or the puppy chest syndrome, and don't rob God of the credit due his name. Don't take his glory for yourself. Give him his credit. Now, I done gave you the quarter. Yeah. Now, go and buy some bubble gum with that. <laughs> now, I know penny candy is long gone, but yeah. somewhere there's a 25-cent bubble gum machine in somebody's supermarket. Yeah. So, so when you find it, this is what I want you to do. What I want you to do is put the quarter in, all right? I want you to turn the dial. I want you to put your hand in place. 
under the spout. I want you to lift the lid. I want you to grab your gun. I want you to put it in your mouth and chew on that. <laughs> let's give credit where credit is due. Let me leave you with this. What Peter and John did for this man and the surrounding community had more to do with Jesus and his power than it ever will with the people he chooses to use. We see, we are the conduits, the channels, and the methods of God's power, but change, healing, and deliverance come only from him. In other words, I ain't got it, but I know who does. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have to give to you, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I believe somebody needs to hear that today because you need to walk into your destiny. You need to walk into your next chapter. You need to walk the next mile of your journey, and you need to do it with eager anticipation. The crippled beggar asked and waited with eager anticipation for his request to be fulfilled. But God had other plans. This man was sat by the beautiful gate that day and at that hour because God had a purpose for his life. This crippled, lame beggar reached out and up to grasp something greater than his request. Therefore, the message for you today is to rise up and walk and to reach up and grab it. Mm. What I believe God is trying to tell us is that with each step comes healing. With each step comes a strengthening. With each step comes a correcting. And with each step comes more strength. And soon there will be a complete turnaround in your life. Soon there will be joy for you will be walking and leaping and dancing and praising God for your miracle. Many of you may remember this. Reverend Ronnie preached one time during the pandemic via Zoom. And there was a missionary on the line. This missionary testified that she got hers that day and said to all who were listening, if you didn't get yours, you didn't reach up and grab it. If this cripple and lame beggar had not reached up and grabbed it, he could have missed his miracle. And the twist and the plot and the beauty in that is that he didn't get what he wanted, but got exactly what he needed. Because God sends his miracles even when they don't come packaged the way we want to see them. That's right. <laughs> that hand out might just be in the right step up you need. Mm-hmm. Do as the beggar in our story did. Just reach up and grab Amen. it. I bet if he gave his testimony today, he would sound a little bit, oh, let me let me give a salt hand for a minute. Do you know, um, what is it? You bought the sunshine by the clock system? Okay, okay. Y'all know it though, right? Yeah. Okay. Then he would sound a little bit like the clock says. He said, You made my day. That's right. You came my way. And then he would say, I'm a witness that Jesus will make a difference in your life. Y'all stop it. Stop it. And it is not surprising because Jesus is what the people need. Yes. I'm a witness that Jesus has the power to change your life, yes. the power to change your circumstances, and the power to change your story from I ain't got it to I got it, I got it, I got it. Yes. Now, for all of you under the sound of my yes. voice, my last bit of advice and the last thing I want to say is for you to rise up and to walk it out, yes. to reach up and to grab it. Remember, you got this. 
and you now got it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.